I spend these senses tell me this is gonna get fucking tasty, baby. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. You can't handle the truth. Fuck you, Deputy Stike. Fuck you. You are a liar. You are a self-confessed liar. If you stop waffling, we might get some work on you. Where'd you get these two guys from? <laughs> Would you like a sweetie? Get out! Get out! Get out! Smith, touch, what a touch! Manny Smith! He scores! Another one for Stanarski! That is America! Here's Hulk! Dini! Balotelli! For me, looking at that video, that cat hadn't done anything wrong. I'm going to Puerto Rico to kick your ass. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. You can't start a fire without a spark. This one's fire. Even if we're dancing in the dark. Here's Springsteen. Bit of Bruce Curran to get us on the way in the podcast this week. We are so well here. Get Bruce? Yeah, he's sick, I think. Is he you? Yeah. In what way? Can- Cancelled the shows. The rest oh, of no. Year. Yeah. Jesus. Get well soon, dude. Yeah. Fucking hell. Bit of bad news to start a podcast off, Curran. <laughs> in misery, the, misery. <laughs> in the Batawa Wad studio this week. Um, sending all our love to Bruce. How are you? Good Adam, uh, it's been a long weekend. It always uh, is. It actually hasn't, like not in physical terms, but in metaphysical men, terms, men, mental terms. Mm. Uh, lots of drinking involved. Went to Doyle's across the road from Trinity. First time visitor of Doyle's, top floor, uh, absolute bangers. Abba was playing all night. Um, it reminded me of the Amsterdam special a, a while back. Shout out to Winston. The Winston was. This is this is well. Doyle's in Doyle's across the road from Trinity. Good spot, top yeah, top yeah. floor. Recommend it. Um, one of Dublin's only nightlife left, <laughs> but uh, yeah, really enjoyable. And uh, drank a lot and still recovering, but uh, we're, we're gradually getting there. We're okay. How was your uh, How was your weekend, young man? It was It was a weekend, Carol. <laughs> Um, no, it was actually a good weekend, to be fair. I don't really have many complaints. Friday saw probably one of my last games of the season with Shells and Dundalk. Shells at home, two Dundalk in the, the league in the pursuit. Four European places. Shells, I think, currently fourth at the minute. Finishing third would be ideal. Um, but obviously, Pats and Bowser in the cup final now, so you'd imagine their attentions will be elsewhere, hopefully, in any from Shells' point of view. But uh, Will Jarvis with the goal, Kieran. I, I had a little, uh, how do you want to describe it, Karen? A goalgasm. A goalgasm yeah. um, from, from Will. Uh, it was great, it was a very well taken goal actually. I, the build-up play was really good. And then he shared it on Instagram as well, Karen, which made me really happy, which was really funny. It was really weird seeing a uh, And then he said, great commentary from Adam uh, No, well, he said, the commentary for this goal is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> he didn't say, he didn't reference me in the slightest. But uh, apart from that, it was grand. I haven't got much to report. I, I went to... Uh, Kildare Village Curran, as I tend to do on occasion. Um, and I picked up a PSG jersey last year, from last year, down from €90 Euro to €38. Euro. 
So that that's kind of my weekend. You're supporting those crowded cunts, PSG. I know, I know, but I like the jersey. But but they stole our logo, Adam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Um, but yeah, other, other than that, Kieran, yeah, grand. Um, I'm trying to think what happened last week. The Europa League, yeah, happens. Uh, um, and then the Premier League this weekend. So yeah, very much was weekend of uh, football as it tends to be. Um, we're gonna be like the episode net title this week is probably gonna be the Gabriel Martinelli. Is, is that fair to say? Yeah, or the Olivier Giroud. The Olivier Giroud, yeah, fair. <laughs> and I suppose that brings us nicely on to the Hall of Fame, Kieran, because your Hall of Fame this week is... Olivier Giroud, Levy Ashin. Yeah, uh, I, I, I can see Giroud being a keeper. <laughs> I, I thought, yeah, yeah, it was an incredible game of football. Uh, I, I, I only seen... I only found out about this like the other day because I seen people commenting on their own Anna's mistake. They were like, <laughs> they need Giroud, they need Giroud. And I was like, what happened with Giroud? Yeah, yeah. And then I looked at the highlights to the AC Milan... Cagliari game. Man, he was really good and go. Uh, Mike Moynan gets sent off. Who's Nan? Uh, for a VAR, VAR, VAR incident yeah. again. 95th minute. Giroud steps into the net. I think he was in goal for 10 minutes. He was in goal for 10 minutes. Made yeah. it an outstanding save. Came out, claimed the ball. Mm. And uh, it was all over TikTok. And AC Milan end up making a Giroud goalkeeper jersey available on the AC Milan website. Which yeah. sells out instantly. Yeah. As it would a big marketing campaign. Very good marketing, by the way. Um yeah, and he gets into the team of the week for Syria and goal Which, and Yeah, stuff. it's pretty ridiculous. And it's like, yeah. It'd be crazy, but uh a worthy Hall of Fame contender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to be honest with you, I we were talking about last night and I think we both said I you said Drew and I was like, Oh fuck you. I was gonna pick Olivier <laughs> Drew. Um, obviously I didn't obviously I'm not going to and then you were like oh we could make him an inaugural inductee and just have him go in with no competition <laughs> but I say fuck that because competition's good um, so I, I'm going to give my Hall of Fame this week to um, Edge who is now a part of the AEW roster Kieran. it's like the transfer window in the wrestling world at the minute um, the rumours are rife uh, Fabrizio Romano job CM Punk is going back to WWE seemingly after you know, getting sacked from AEW, and Edge has now gone to AEW because his contract ran out with WWE. So it looks like he's going to finish out his wrestling career as an all elite wrestler. Um, the championship of wrestling. Uh, yeah, well, is that that's what uh, Ben Casey described it as? Yeah. I shout out to his sister as always, but uh, that's what Ben Casey <laughs> described it as too. Yeah, he did. He said it wasn't good. I, I wouldn't say. I say it's, it's good. Yeah. Um, it's like an alternative. So, if you could think of an alternative to the Premier League, what, like the Saudi Pro League? I don't know. Um, there's a lot of money. Tony Khan has a lot of money. Um, Tony Khan will. Tony Khan will. I'm <laughs> 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 just nipping out the punto. Um, I, I wouldn't say Tony Khan has ever had a punto, to be fair. But, um, yeah, apart from that, um, yeah, Edge. So, he goes to AEW. It was like something that people knew was going to happen for, for a while. The, the rumours were rife. Yeah, he came out to Medellingus. The usual, you know, on this day, which is a great tune. I'm not going to sing it to Westwood, but... Um, Do WWE not have the rights to the walkout song? So that's something I'm intrigued by. Like, what, how so this this is mad, right? So Metalingus are the ones who wrote that song. Yeah. So I think, I don't know the relationship between Edge and Metalingus, but I think WWE paid Metalingus to use a song in WWE, naturally enough. And then I think once Edge left... 
they can just buy the rights to it. It happened with the Hardy Boys, man, as well. WWE didn't own rights to the Hardy Boys song. Um, and that's a little nugget for anybody who listened to the start of last season's podcast when we had the Hardy Boys team. Um, obviously, now AEW owned that as well, so we can't really use that. But whatever. So Edge is taking on Olivier Giroud this week. Carolina, I think you might win, though. A quick shout to Eden Hazard as well, who retired today. He was going to go into my Hall of Fame. You should have picked so, him. Yeah, I know. I would have just gone with Giroud. Yeah, it's it's fairly, it's fairly sad to see. It's bad, isn't it? I was looking at a list of players who are retired now from when we were younger, and like the list is is long and arduous, like the day, and um, it makes you feel old, Carl. Yeah. What do you think about Eden Hazard? I, I'm I'm just I'm, I'm upset because you know it's a player you grow up watching and uh, mm. he, he's he's probably the best player, like natural ability wise that I ever played for Chelsea. You know, right. and it's just it's upsetting to see someone who who brought so much joy to you just go like that. Yeah, um, and go early as well, thirty two. Mm. I feel like he was ruined by the kebabs, and I feel kebabs. like. I feel like Real Madrid fed him too much. Don't them. be listening to Dave, man. <laughs> no, but it is true to a certain extent. I feel like Real Madrid let him go a bit um, because he was easy, he was easily let go. Yeah, he, he let himself go a lot, um, I, I, especially I especially at Chelsea. He used to come up, show up over way to preseason and such, and mm. the Chelsea trainers did their best to. Bring him up. Why well, I feel like Real Madrid didn't return the favourite for him to a certain extent. Yeah, I think the thing is, and Eden Hazard had such a high ceiling from such a young age. So I think he was nineteen when he signed for Chelsea, wasn't he? Yeah. So twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah. So, but he was nineteen. Sorry, when he kind of came to the, I suppose the European fruition of of Lille, and he was playing. I remember him playing Europa League against Liverpool, like for example, and him, him and Joe Cole, <laughs> um, for Lille that time. But yeah. Um, I just think, and it happened with Rooney as well, in the sense where they were so good from such a young age, and you have to think about man, he was nine, from nineteen years old on, he was being kicked up and down the field. Do you know what I mean? So that that's not good for the body. Yeah. Um, I think when he got to Madrid, the injuries just got too much from him. He just couldn't keep up his fitness. Um, and yeah, I think he was a lot like Wayne Rooney in the sense where he just he was so good for from such a young age for so long that naturally enough his retirement was going to be at a, a younger age so to speak so yeah it is sad to see um, I suppose that leads us nicely on Kieran, to the Premier League football this weekend <laughs> Chelsea nicely <laughs> Chelsea Kieran. I, I was going to say finally got a win but this is this is another win for Chelsea Kieran. they're on a bit of a, a roll at the minute um, probably coming at a wrong time considering the international break is coming around but Burnley won, Chelsea four. Burnley, funny enough, had got the lead in this game too. Um, threw a goal from Wilson Odobert. It's actually a really nice name. Um, obviously, Chelsea get back into it just before the half, and it was one all at half time. I saw this a match today. I wasn't watching live. I was, as I said, traipsing around Kildare Village, laughing away like a little child when I saw Burnley were beating Chelsea. <laughs> but uh, a good result from Chelsea to turn it around this post. Yeah, it was the Raheem Sterling show. Like mm. I don't say that often. Man, you're so bipolar in this man. I, you are I, so bipolar. <laughs> I I don't like Raheem Sterling. I don't think he shows up enough. But <laughs> for whatever reason, on on Saturday he showed up and he was incredible mm. uh, from minute one. And obviously there's a fire up his arse because uh, Southgate was like, "Fuck you, Sterling, you're not getting picked." And uh, it drove him in this game. But 
again Adam I stre- don't stress this enough or I can't stress this enough rather um, I don't think he'll do it against Arsenal and this this is the problem I have with Sterling he, he shows up in games like Burnley and Luton at home and uh, he's like oh that, that performance you know we'll put that performance in the bank that'll keep me as a top level player for a while mm. and let's put in five or six stinking performances now mm. and that's that's one problem I have with Sterling he doesn't show up enough mm. and I'd say in these next four games where we're playing big teams he won't show up uh, like Chelsea's run of fixtures now and I think it's a good thing that they got the win against Fulham Fulham thank you um, because the next few games are tough do you know what I mean? And yeah. I still look at this Chelsea side and honestly, it still doesn't really strike me as a team that's finishing any higher than eight or ninth. I don't I don't know if that's harsh to say. Well no no it isn't because that game on Saturday that was flattering result as yeah. well, by the way. Yeah. Chelsea won four one. Mm. A lot of it was down to Raheem Sterling more than anything. Mm. For large majority of that game we looked fairly poor. Mm. Fifty minutes we looked quite shit. Mm. You know, if if that if that unlucky on goal doesn't go in, I feel like the game could have been a lot different than what it was. Yeah. And Burnley might have got something out of it. I, I just I'm interested to see how they progress this season because I think Pochettino is a very good manager. I do. Um I think there's probably a tad sniff of being a bluffer off him at times, but I think in the system he's in, I think it's it's very hard to achieve a high league position and uh, like winning trophies, I think I think it's gonna be under under the tutelage of um, Bowley. I I think it's hard to kind of perform to an extent because there's a lot of pressure on him. Those next eight games, Kieran. What what do you expect? What what do you think Chelsea come out of that with? And though there's a week there, by the way. Sorry, Chelsea, Brighton, United, Chelsea, Everton, Chelsea. That's in the space of a week as well. Mm. So that would be very tough. I think we're actually gonna do better than people are expecting. I think we'll get. A, a decent amount of points from them games. Mm. To be honest with you, the the games I worry about are the, the ones against the smaller sides. I'm, I'm not really worried about, uh, or the lesser sides. I don't like putting it that way, but mm. I'm not really worried about the, the bigger games because I feel like we show up to them a lot of times, no matter what. Right. So uh, I think we'll get, a good, we'll get a decent amount of points. We might get a few draws out of mm. the likes of City, Arsenal. I think we should get something out of the Arsenal home game. I think Brentford are very beatable. Brentford are, are people now. Very people. They they didn't look people at the start of the season. They look mm. sort of... But yeah, I think we'll do a bit bit better than people are expecting. I know mm. people are saying, oh, it's a nightmare run for Chelsea. Um, it is a nightmare run, but... But not as bad as what people think. No, I don't, I don't think... It's never, it never goes how people think it will go. No, it's hard to predict. Yeah. Do you know? Um, elsewhere, Kieran on Saturday. Um, and thankfully, Gabriel Martinelli scored for Arsenal because... We would have been naming this episode Scott McTominay after Man United's comeback victory over Brentford 2-1 as we said. Brentford took the lead through Jensen in the first half. Will we slate Onana again? Or? To, to be honest with you, I, I, people are slating Onana. I think that was a quite a difficult save. Uh, he's obviously in the middle of his goal but it's, it's come through someone's body. Mm. Which, As a goalkeeper that's quite difficult when he's in their line of vision. So mm. I, I tend to, to have a, a give Onana the benefit of the doubt. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I think people, generally speaking, look for someone look to point the finger at someone to blame. And then scapegoat, as they call it. Yeah. yeah. So like on the weekend, it was Casemiro. I think Onana got a lot of grief. Like Casemiro comes off a half time for Ericsson, which I was surprised at to be fair. Um, 
Martial comes on as well at one point. But like, I don't know what United. I'd still be very worried. Like a back four of uh, Lindelof, Maguire, Evans, and was Diogo Dalo is still very worrying. Like I, <laughs> I wouldn't be looking forward to watching that. I'll put it that way. Yeah, and I think it's poor on Brentford's half or yeah. behalf to not get something from this game, especially after going one 0 up. I think it's a bit of a ball job. Mm. Um, and McTominay's done it before. I think it was the Spain at home or Spain at home game for Scotland. Mm. He scored twice in the face of a few minutes, so he's capable of doing this. And uh, <laughs> there were two great goals to be fair to him. I, I, think I, don't, he, I don't think McTominay's a bad player. He took them quite well. I um, think uh, if you're playing further advanced, he's always played in the. Uh, Defensive midfield role, mm. and maybe he's he's better as a more attacking player. You know, I don't think I, I definitely don't think he's as bad as what people say he is. Put it that way. Mm. I think I think there's different pressures associated with representing your country and representing United. I think with United, it's a case of almost life or death for some people. Whereas with Scotland, it, there's a lot of pride taken playing for the short and stuff. Mm. And I think McTominay's one of those players where if he's running hot, you have a really good player. But if he's running cold and he doesn't want to be there. He's probably a bit of a bollocks to be around. Do you know what I mean? And even after the goals, I know he he, he celebrated them as much as you'd expect someone to celebrate two last minute winners. But um, he's still someone who strikes me as I don't really give a shit. Do you know what I mean about United in comparison to to Scotland? Like he wanted every United. Do you know that kind of way? And they wouldn't sell him because, or he he wouldn't go because he wasn't getting the wages that he was getting at United elsewhere and stuff like that. So. Um, I don't think Casemiro has, has been as good this season as what he was last season. I don't know if that's because he's been found out in the middle of the park and you know, I think United have just generally started poor. But I don't know if, if the alternative is to start McTominay because there would be a drop off in quality, naturally enough. Well I I I think if you're in a patch of form like they are now, you're looking for something different. Mm. So uh I don't think it would be a bad show to to start McTominay, even if you're playing further advanced up the pitch. Mm. Um, and even uh, Casemiro, as you said, who's had a poor run of form. I think a lot of it is down to coming in and, and sort of riding the crest of a wave around Madrid. He's he's fairly confident coming in. He's, has, mm. he, he was playing with the likes of Modric, who's a world-class player. Mm. Uh, Camavinga, Chuchimemi, Chuchimemi, mm. uh, Cruz. <laughs> You know all these great players, and he comes. He comes to United on a crest of a wave, and then he has a great start. He's playing alongside Fred, who's a high energetic player. Mm. Does a lot of the running. He doesn't have to do much running. Mm. He can just break up the play, and then it comes into this season, and maybe the legs are starting to go a bit, mm. and he's not so confident anymore. They start losing games. The the fans are on his back. So I think that that's a lot to do with Casemiro's poor run of form. Mm. Maybe is the confidence as well. Yeah, and it's it's surprising because a player of his caliber and his, like all the things he's won, it would be for me now. He'd be surprising to see his kind of his mask slipping that vein. But mm. um, yeah, it's been a tough start for him um, this season. Anyways, we look at Luton nil, Tottenham Hotspur one. Um, just the bill might add because Luton had a few chances in the game. Spores. To be fair to to be fair to them, could have won this game three or four nil. That first half was Luton were a shambles, man. Yeah. I don't remember seeing a team as bad as Luton in the Premier League. 
<laughs> are they even in the bottom three though? But they're not. They're I don't, I don't know if they are, but I just and they're not. They're not. But I I think I think Burnley, Bournemouth, and Sheffield United are better than Newton. Yeah, but uh, and it's shocking really that Iguola, the Bournemouth manager, hasn't had had a good result yet. Um, mm. considering they're dominating possession in most games and mm. they're just not getting anything, but um, they've yet to win. Bournemouth, like for example, I I think Luton Luton are doing okay with the tools at their disposal. They don't have many good players, um, like the other teams do. And in this time, they could have easily got something from it. Yeah, but you know, you look at Ogbené. Ogbené is playing great. Um, he had a few good crosses, and they just don't have the quality to finish off their chances. You know, I think there's there's one chance that comes to. Uh, Adebayo is a back post yeah. and he he sort of hesitates hits on his left it should really just sort his feet out and score mm-hmm. um, and even the luckier disallowed goal they could have easily got something from this game yeah but man I think Spurs man they were really like Richardson has a chance similar to Adebayo like Spurs could have won this game man like 4-5-0 a man down and you wouldn't have batted an eyelid like and I don't think that says anything about Spurs. All due respect them. I think that's all Luton there because I, I don't think Spurs had to really get out of four scared to beat them here. Do you know? Man, I just don't think Luton are that good. And last week they beat Everton. Everton aren't that good. Do you know what I mean? So it's 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 a case of it's the devil you know rather than the devil you don't. Do you know? And I think we know here that Luton aren't that good. Yeah, well, I, I, I just I I can't see them getting twenty points. I really can't. Yeah, but it, will twenty points keep you up? <laughs> the, like, no, the way the other no, teams, clearly not. <laughs> the, the, the way the other teams are going, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're they're also quite poor, so the, it could be a very low point style keeps you up this season. But Bournemouth have one of them games where what was it? they drew Chelsea a couple of weeks ago, didn't they? Yeah, Bournemouth have a result in them. I think Sheffield United at home. They showed enough against Man City and Spurs away to show that they can put it up to some of the bigger teams. And I think it probably will come down to those games down there between the likes of Bournemouth, Luton, Burnley, Sheffield United. I think it will come down to those games. Mm. But I just I just think this Luton team, man, is so poor. I, I really do. Like I was looking at their bench, right? And they're, they're bringing on fucking Ross Barkley and... Like, Tim Creel was on the bench. Tim Creel, man. Do you remember Tim Creel played with Newcastle all those years ago? He's your standard parachute player, isn't he? Man, he's 25 years of age, sitting on their bench. And your man in goal, Kaminsky, isn't much better, I don't think. So we could very well, very well be in a position where we see Tim Creel starting in goal, Ross Barkley starting in midfield in 2023. Yeah. Border in 2024. Well, it's shocking, isn't it? But that's the, that's the nature of the club, that... That they are like they they can't really afford much more than that. Um, I know they went up in the Premier League, but they also had to redevelop their stadium to play mm. in it. Yeah. So it's just one of them freak situations where a team of their stature comes up in the Premier League and obviously aren't able to deal with it. But do you know what? I I fancy them to to get a few results and to, and oh. to maybe stay up. I I really do. I think a lot of the teams are absolute chancers. Like. <laughs> Uh, burn, burn. <laughs> including Luton <laughs> no, no I actually think the, the manager of Luton's not bad I think he's doing an alright job for the players he has but the Burnley I, I think Vincent Company is an absolute chancer 
I think he's a poser. He is a poser. He's yeah, playing. Yeah. He's playing this champagne hipster football. Yeah. He needs to go back to original OG Brexit ball with Bernie and start getting some results because no team wants to lose. Like they were absolutely poor against Chelsea. Bernie yeah. were. I'm looking at um, Burnley's midfield, for example, here. Sanderberg, Josh Cullen, and your man Brownhill. Is it Josh Brownhill as well? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's a bad midfield. No, I they think, should be doing I better. Think everything else around them is really... Like, Darrow Shea comes on in the start of the second half. He was so poor. He was so poor, but I also think the two lads in there, Hannes Del Crow and, I mean, Al Dakil, they're both young Belgian players. I don't think they're much better than Darrow Shea. Now, they are missing a lot of players as well, but I'm just looking at it here. I, but I, I, I think I, Burnley are in trouble. And I think uh, I think the other hipster manager, uh, Bournemouth have, <laughs> he, he, he is doing a terrible job. That brings us on to the everything game. Yeah, yeah. go on, go on. Um, everything three, Bournemouth nil. I think you're in a bad way if you're losing 3-0 to everything. I really do. I do think this Iriola fella... He's being shown out to be an absolute fraud. <laughs> he really is. Like the, all this hype being brought around him. Oh, he got a, a club promoted from uh, La Liga too. He must, he's, he's great. He plays this nice champagne football. Mm. I have not seen one game where Bournemouth have played uh, remotely well. <clears throat> they have been so poor. Do they have a point on the board yet? They have three, but three draws. Three draws. Mm-hmm. I think he's trying to play some form of football, but I don't know what he's, what he's doing. I'm looking at their squad here, man. And again, they're a team with a few bodies out. But I, I fully think this Bournemouth squad is, is better than probably Everton's squad as well. At Bournley, I think. They're better than Sheffield United, Luton. But like, you're looking at some of the teams down there from 13th down. Forest Wolves, Brentford. I think that is mad. Because I, I think from Everton down... Compared to Brentford Wolves and Forest, I think Brentford Wolves and Forest are all so much better than those bottom five teams. Yeah, and Everton are currently on the same points as Brentford. I can't see, I I can't envision Brentford finishing that low. No, I think especially if if Ivan Tony comes back and he wants to play for Brentford, I think they'll finish a lot higher. But even Gary O'Neill's starting to get results, you know, for Wolves, he's mm. starting to implement his style, and they're starting to get results. Whereas this Iriola fella, he seems like an absolute fraudster. You know, they bring him in. They bring him in last last year for <laughs> Gary O'Neill, and Gary O'Neill's outdoing him, mm. and he's getting more results than him. I think it was very unfortunate for Gary O'Neill, wasn't it? Because he kept Bournemouth up. Yeah. I, I think we spoke about on the podcast last year about Gary O'Neill being um, manager of the season because of, of of such achievements. And I think if if Luton were to say up, you could say Rob Edwards be. Managed the season for similar kind of reasoning, like man, I thought Bournemouth looked alright at the start of the season against Liverpool. Like they, the high press was good, they were causing Liverpool problems, but when it went, when Liverpool went to goal up, they didn't look like they were gonna get anything from it, you know. And I think that's probably Bournemouth's problem is I think they're probably lacking belief, they're probably lacking in confidence as well, and I think as long as that remains, I, I can't see them. I I, I can see. Iriola being out the door before Christmas. Well, do you know what? I think bad things are coming for them because you you spite the face of the man that 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 kept you up. It's yeah. always a bad thing when you spite the face of someone who who actually does good things for you. Like even like yeah. t- even Chelsea did it with Tuchel, mm. and they they got what was coming to them. You know what mm. I mean? Finished eleven, twelve last season. 
So I, I, I can only see Bournemouth going down with this fella in charge. Mm. Um, he seems like he got the job <laughs> on a technicality. <laughs> on a technicality of the legend that recommends you. But like, he just, <laughs> he, I, I don't see what he's doing. To be honest, I really don't. But that's as far as I go. And in terms of Everton in this game, great three points, great goal from Jack Harrison. Yeah. who I didn't even know played for everything. I thought oh, yeah, that, that was a weird one. He just, it, was, it was as if he just appeared in an Everton jersey. Um, <laughs> Same thing with Iwobi at Fulham. I was like, Iwobi comes on for Fulham. I'm like, what, what happened? Did he leave uh, Everton? I, I think Iwobi on Fulham is a mad one as well. Because <laughs> not a bad player in comparison to some of the players Everton are left with. Mm. Like your man Garner, another bleeding chancer. <laughs> oh, I think he's alright to be fair nah. he's, not, he's not a chancer are you joking me? He's, yeah, he's I, was, right, I was just about to say I think we should probably lay, tone it down on the, the chancer and pose our claims you know that? I like, think we absolutely should lay into all these absolute posers playing spe- on spe- speaking of Fulham um, and Alex Moby Fulham 3 Sheffield United 1 a fucking freak injury in this game man by the way did you see it oh yeah Chris the, Basham Jesus the broken weapon. ankle oh my god it was actually terrifying looking. I think I think Sheffield United are really gonna miss Basham now as well. Like that's one of their their better players. And look, I I don't think Sheffield United squad is that great either. I think it's slightly better than Luton squad. Like I think the likes of uh, Gustavo Hamer. I think he's a very good player. Luke Thomas as well. He was at Leicester, wasn't he last year? He's a, he's a good young player as well. Um, but mm. after that. I think this side is hopeless. Like. They're they're destined for the Dulgrams, Adam. Yeah. Uh, I think. I, I, do you, I bottom, uh, doesn't cut it for me at this level. No, I don't think so. You know. Do you think the three teams that came up will go straight back down? No. No. Bournemouth are going down with with uh, Riola. And he was staying up. He was out of the trees staying up. I think Luton will stay up. Fuck man. Why? I'm just put. I I just think that they'll have enough at home. Their home games will be difficult. I can't. I can't say. I can't say. I really can't say. You can't see them saying up. No. I think if they stayed up, it would be one of the best fo- stories in English football. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. To be fair, it would be. I'd love um, to see it. I think. I hate the place, though. I hate Luton. Oh, don't get me started. It's an absolute kip. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm speaking way too loosely on, on these things as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah like we're calling people posers, chancers, like degenerating places as kips. Like, and it's, it's probably not that bad as what it is. Like, do you know, now we, I've, been, I've been in Luton, so I'm not going to confirm nor deny the Sorry, I didn't made. mean my comments. I meant it's a beautiful, <laughs> aesthetic place that's lovely to live in um, for anyone listening from Luton. This Saturday night game, the Saturday night main event, probably the worst Saturday night game they've had in a while, was Palace and Forest, nil nil, and yeah, that's that's all I have to say. But it wasn't it wasn't a great game. You're better off taking a. This would be a great substitute for melatonin. The watching that game. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I don't know if you're trying to get to sleep early on a Saturday night. I don't know if if anyone could hear there, but I literally yawned. We'll go to the Sunday game. Eight games in. Games. Uh, Wolves won. Yeah, eight games in. <laughs> Aston Villa won. Um, Pau Torres and Huang He Chan on the score sheets um, for Wolves and Aston Villa, respectively. Um, this is a bit of a derby down that part of the country, isn't it? Like, I think it's like the Black Country Derby or something, isn't it? It's the oldest derby in, in English football. In English football. Mm. 
Um, the West Midlands Derby. Mm, and to be honest, man, I saw bits. I saw the match today. Fucking also, blinders. Sorry. It was. <laughs> it was a good game. It wasn't a bad game at all. Uh, Villa had done boy at the end there. I think Watkins should have had a penalty. Yeah. Uh, he was blatantly barged over, but you know, Wang five, five goals in eight games. Adam. Yeah, where does this form come from? From Huang? I suppose uh, it came from his his mental fortitude and <laughs> his natural ability. But <laughs> I I just think he's a good player. He's a good winger. I I, I don't write with Alan. Um, another team struggling from European hangover was Newcastle. Alexander Isak on score twice, two goals within five minutes. They were sandwiched between a goal from Thomas Suchek and Mohamed Kudos. For West Ham, they're a really good side. On West mm. Ham, I think like they don't don't really get much credit. Like they be, I think they won in Europe at the weekend as well, mm. or in midweek. Um, I I I think they're a great side. Yeah, two one away. Um, Freiburg was. I I think they're gonna they're gonna prove or shock a lot of people with how good they do this season, and it goes to show how good they are that this Newcastle team. Dispatch the PSG fairly easily mm. and beat them four one and West Ham. I think West Ham's home form especially will be very good this year, and mm. um, because they they seem to be getting that home form that they had in the bowling ground before it was before it was knocked down. I think Newcastle were as shook as a hand at mass. They were wrecked. <laughs> I think they as thought... shook as a hand at mass. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, I think they put absolutely everything into that game against PSG. On the what was it Wednesday? I think it was. Do you think they would have dispatched them fairly easy if if they didn't play that game? No, not necessarily. I, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm being harsh on West Ham. I think West Ham are still a very good side, but I just think Newcastle. I, they just look tired. They look leggy, and I think I think Alexander Isak grabs the headlines again because he's just such a quality player, and and he does what Alexander Isak tends to do and scores two good goals. And I think Isak, as much as I love. Liverpool's front line. I'd have loved. I'd have loved if we went and got Isaac when he was gone. You, you know? just want everyone, don't you? You just want to ruin in the association in football. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. It would be lovely. But yeah, speaking about Liverpool, Liverpool two, Brighton two, at the Amex, um, Mo Salah double again, sandwich in between goals from Simon Odingra and Lewis Dunk. Um, Three, two, one, Dunk, Duncan. <laughs> okay, um, I think Liverpool will be so frustrated with that result because I think the two goals were very preventable, and I think probably from Brighton's end as well they could have prevented Liverpool's goals as well. Um, but the, the first goal for for Brighton, well taken by Adingra. I don't want to I don't want to slate the man. Poor ball out by Van Dijk. McAllister dispossessed was back to to goal again, and Adingra does really well. But I think Allison would be frustrated because. He's so far out of position, and for all the for all the kind of praise we give Allison, and he deserved praise. I thought this was really poor from. Him. I thought Dingra just caught him lacking, slotting into the net from a good a good chunk, away from the goal. It mm. wasn't like it was close to the goal, um, and yeah, Brighton took the lead and probably deservedly so at the point. Um, I think Liverpool grow into the game well then, and um, like the first goal wasn't it was from Salah obviously. And it was good build a play. Falls to Nunes, who plays it towards Harvey Elliott. And Mohamed Salah must have been screaming at Elliott to leave it because Elliott just, like, just as literally he's about to touch ball, just stops. 
Salah takes over, spots it into the corner of the net. A really good finish from him. And then Liverpool get the penalty. And again, I don't want to be slating referees, Kieran, but Pascal Gross should have been sent off here. Well, you're depending on uh, Anthony Taylor as your referee. You're doing something wrong, you know. He's, know. he's shy. Mm. Um, and he should have gave a penalty for Brian at the end as well. Did you think it was a penalty? The handball, it was a handball, yeah. Did you see Sky Sports got community notice on Twitter for What's so so basically I don't know if you've seen this thing on Twitter now, but it'd be it'd be like someone making a statement on Twitter and it's just and I, I actually like this from, from, from Twitter these days, but it'll be something like completely fucking false and then Twitter will community note and say this is wrong because yada yada yada. So Sky Sports put up a tweet saying uh here's why the Zerbi wasn't sensed and then community noted it says the image doesn't give proper context of the event. The ball hits Van Dyke's tie and then hits his hand. And the laws clearly state that this is not a penalty. And then it, just, it links DFA's laws. So that's what it does. It, it gives like reason as to why things are false, yada, yada. Mm. Um, I, I, when I initially saw it, I thought a penalty because if that happened against Liverpool, I would want a penalty. But I think this is probably the problem with refereeing in general is everything's so muddied. Everything's so unclear. Because I thought it was a penalty, you thought it was a penalty, but the law suggests that it's not a penalty. By the law, it's not, but I think so, it, was, it, was, it should have been. But yeah, I suppose two all in the end. A fair reflection on the game, I'd say, because Liverpool had a chance through Gravenberg. He should have scored. And then, the 40 year old man. Gravenberg. 40 year old man. And then I think Joe Pedro. <laughs> <his> passport. <laughs> Joe Pedro had a chance as well. Um, a clerical chance to make it 3-2 to Brighton and he didn't so there was definitely chance in, in the game that both teams would probably regret not scoring but yeah a game of Europa League quality Adam. I think that could be the Europa League final Karen. Yeah. what would you do then? Uh, I'd probably go to it it would probably be a good game, yeah, be a good game. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that leads us nicely on to the worst game of the weekend Arsenal won Man City nil. for all the hype and build up about man Absolutely terrible game football. Adam, um, to be honest with you, I would have preferred to uh, pull my eyes out if I was forced to watch that game again. It was potentially the worst game of football, mm. let alone Premier League football I've watched. Mm. I reckon we'll get a better game in Ireland Greece on Friday. Mm. This was rubbish. Yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. It was really poor. Right, they just cancelled each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And... Ma- Man City again, miss Rodri, they missed the Brian big time. Mm. But you look at Arsenal and they miss Saka and Martinelli. Obviously Martinelli comes on and gets the winner from the starting lineup. So both sides kind of weren't at a hundred percent. And people are going on, like I was watching Alan Shearer and Mika Richards there earlier on the BBC podcast, and they were like, I think it'll be Man City and Arsenal contesting the league. Man, I, I think Arsenal probably got lucky here. I think they got lucky in the sense that I don't know what Pep Guardiola's doing. Like, I don't think Pep Guardiola knows what he's doing I, at times. I, I, I generally I'm baffled at the midfield they started in this game. Mm. Like Kovacic, he's very lucky. <laughs> by the way, I, I think he's 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 shown up to be a bit of a, a bit of a weak link in this team. Yeah. Honestly, uh, he he doesn't know how to play the style Pep wants him to play. He's been forced to play Rodri's position, and that that scale of a drop off between Rodri and Kovacic is. Unbelievable mm. how much of a drop off it is. Um, and then he's starting Rico Lewis. Mm. 
Who's what age? 18. 18. I, I do like Lewis though. I, I think he's a good player. I, I, don't get me wrong, I think he's a good player, but this is a team that's won the Champions League last year. Mm. They won the treble last year and they're starting these players. Mm. And they, no, had, agree. they had the drop off from Rodri to Fernandinho last year, was it? Or mm. the year before. Yeah. And they also had the likes of Gundogan to come in. They don't know have anyone to come in anymore. They got rid of Palmer. Mm. Which I'm very surprised at. And they got rid of the likes of McAtee as well, which is, again, baffling. Like, I, I think Pep, is, he's brought in Mateus Nunes, who I actually do right in fairness, and I think he can be moulded into a very good player. But why is he not starting this game? He, was, he came on at one point, and I was like, well, am I missing something here? Why, mm. why would he start Rico Lewis in a game of this magnitude mm. instead of Nunes, something like that? And even John Stones. Like John Stones played that defensive position a lot last season. Where Rodri couldn't, or if Rodri was out, I was baffled as to why he didn't start. Yeah, it's it, I I don't think it's worrying for Man City because I think Man City will still go on a run, and I think the early parts of the season, like this this kind of chunking season, like we're on our second international break already, but I think from November onwards is when you get the best of the Premier League. Mm. So I think this early part of the season is very supplemental to the green, anyways, because teams are finding their feet. Players that come back from injury, they're getting up to fitness and stuff. Like we talked last week about Man United not being fit. Like I think that's that's a good kind of outlier of what we're talking about here. Um, so yeah, I just th- I just think it's the next few months is where the league's gonna be won. So I think the early stages are a bit. You know, I know we spoke last week about every point matters and it does, but I think for Man City when they get the likes of Rodri the Bruyne back. They could go on and win 20 games in a row hmm. and now we're batting Ireland and then that would be another penalty title for them. Well, Whereas I think Arsenal, I don't think they have that in them. I don't think Spurs have that in them either um, to do it. So in terms of a title race, I do think it'll be Man City, Arsenal, Spurs, Liverpool. But I can't see, I can only see two of those teams sustaining their own and neither of them are Arsenal or Spurs who are, who are top of the table now. Will we pick a goal of the week? Goal of the week. I'm going to give goal of the week to Mickey Van de Ven. Mickey Van de Ven. Against Luton. I don't think we really spoke about the goal. But it was a nice corner. And it was a really good finish for a big, tall man. Down to 10 men at this point. Down to 10 men at that point. Um, The Luton away end went mad. Um, I've been in that away end. And it's, it's... I was with Blackburn Rovers for it, so it was terrible that day. But I'd say it was a good crack then. Um, and I think Liverpool were looking at Mickey Van de Ven during the summer. And when we didn't get him, I kind of went, ah, fuck him, he's, he's going Spurs. I'm kind of raging he's going Spurs now because I think he's a really good player. But um, yeah, I'm giving it to Mickey Van de Ven. I'm going to give my goal of the week to uh, Jack Harrison for his out-of-nowhere involvement in this game. Uh didn't even know he played for Everton and he just comes on and scores a screamer mm. just Beto off his line mm. and uh, it's easy to beat Beto because mm. his name's Beto well Neto Neto sorry yeah, Beto, Beto plays Beto. for Everton Beto Beto oh. plays for Everton yeah. oh right right yeah. and, and Neto <laughs> that's quite funny Neto plays in Nets yeah scoring a lot because he's poor and so Brighton <laughs> and his name's Neto and I'm born with excuse me uh, God of the Weekend God of the week, I'm going to give it to Alexander Isaac. I was going to say, say Scott McTominay, but I, I can't. And yeah, I'm giving mine to uh, Johnny Sexton. Johnny Sexton.
This fellow Ronaldo is a cod. And our cod of the week this week is... Andre Onana. Again, I think this might be his second or third time his cod of the week this <laughs> He's season. He's a second time offender, Adam. <laughs> um, and look, to be honest with you, we were after being sat here for a couple of minutes saying, who is our cod of the week? Because we didn't know. Because there wasn't anything that bad in the Premier League this weekend. There's only so, so many cods in the ocean. Yeah. True, exactly. And we had to look back to the Champions League this week in which Man United lost 3-2 at home to Galatasaray. But Onana, again, made, some would say, a mistake against Brentford. Um, he definitely had a, a poor showing against Galatasaray. So that is why that is why Andre Onana is our cut of the week this week. Kieran, we're going to move on now to the last segment of the show where we're two tired pups, Kieran. Would there be Ireland chatting this? reckon no 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 fuck it we'll just do a vlog on Friday if you want to go right first question from David Dunwoody thoughts on Crocs the Crocs the shoes uh, it, to be honest with you I used to be grossly offended by them but yeah. now I've sort of grown into a state of uh, zen do you know what I I, I I don't really mind them do you know what I'd like Kieran what would you like a pair of Birkenstocks what are they they're like Crocs but like fancy Crocs Call Brennan, shout out to him, he has a pair. And he wears the fuck out of them as well. Um, Kieran, you said Ireland to lose to Gibraltar on the rock. I don't think so. I'd, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, we, we, we do plan on potentially doing an Ireland vlog, vlog this week against Greece. Um, we'll update you. That could be next week's episode, we don't know. But yeah, Kieran, I, I don't see us losing to Gibraltar now, I have to say. To be honest with you, I think this could be a Steve Staunton moment for uh, oh, well. for um, Kenny. That'd be amazing, to be fair. I think it could be flashbacks to San Marino. And I oh, think, God. I think you'll either get a nil-all draw against Gibraltar on the rock or lose them on the rock. And that'll be, like, I'd say his head would be gone right there. <sighs> Not literally, but, like, his his career. Like That would be mad, wouldn't it? That would be mad. It's an um, apparition I had. Phil Mangan says... Favourite dog breed? I like a, a, a nice um, farm collie. Like, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I said that weird. Just a, a border collie. Like, <laughs> farm collie. For, a border collie. Um, did you hear about the XL bullies being like banned in the UK? What are they? It's like a bulldog. An extra large bulldog. Right, XL bullies. yeah. 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 Um, they're being banned in the UK, so you can't breed XL bullies anymore over there. But XL bullies are nice dogs, like, like they're friendly pups, you know. So that's your favorite dog? No, not necessarily. Because they're oppressed dogs, you like. Them. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, we're oppressed dogs. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, I'd say my favorite dog. If I had to pick my favorite uh, dog, myself. Uh, would be a Frankfurter a sausage dog uh, would be my favourite dog breed <laughs> uh, Phil Mangan says you get to move anywhere in the world except Dublin ok where are you going to <laughs> where would um, I move to in Dublin <laughs> well, if, if I'm moving to somewhere in Dublin I'm going somewhere like Clontarf or something some, somewhere beside the sea I want to go isn't there like a island in Dublin it's like the it's the fancy island People go out there. I think the Colchis go out there for holidays or something. What? What's it called? It's like the Isle of Man, but it's not the Isle of Man. It's the... It's lower... Yeah. Oh, you actually have a feeling like they don't know what you're yeah, talking I, about. I yeah, I can't yeah. remember what it's called, but I'll, I'll probably move out there. 
Or Kalini. Kalini is nice. The Vigo bats. Uh, well, Phil did say except Dublin. So where are you going to? Except Dublin. Anywhere in the world. Yeah. Not Vancouver or Australia because everywhere, everyone goes there. As I said last week's podcast, somewhere like uh, Djibouti or, or Ghana or somewhere. Somewhere <laughs> somewhere that's out there. Did we discuss Madagascar. this last week, did we? Yeah, we what did. What did we discuss? Uh, it was um, Bucket List. Oh, uh, right, yeah, it yeah. was, that's right. Right. Um, yeah, you, Adam. I actually genuinely would like to move somewhere like Vancouver or Toronto. Of course you would. Um, Follow the other sheep out there. Yeah, but like, you're not going to... You will die in Djibouti. <laughs> Do you know uh, what I mean? He would say, at least I died in Djibouti as opposed to <laughs> somewhere born like Vancouver. Well, I'm going to die in Vancouver, is that what you're saying? <laughs> um, Phil says, get nervous that you said last week was good because I can't keep up the level of questions. <laughs> uh, don't don't flatter yourself, Phil. He says, favourite cocktail? <laughs> <laughs> favourite cocktail. I feel like this is as every second week. It is, you I've re- recently taken to a, a espresso martini at him. Okay. After our, our yeah. indulgence with them. Yeah, I, I love an espresso martini. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. from that place, No Name. Nice. No Name, yeah. yeah. Um, espresso martini, whiskey sour is nice, to be fair. Cosmopolitan. Um, Cosmopolitan. Phil says, last one, favourite cock. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that that's not being answered. Uh, Dan Lavin says, "Who was the most impressive player in the bottom half of the table so far this season?" Most impressive player. Mm. I I like the look of Gustavo Hammer for uh, Sheffield United. I think he's been been good. Gustavo Hammer, you mean? Well, I, I call him Hammer. Hammer. Mm. Because I think Sheffield United have largely been poor, and I think he's been good. Well, Wang easily. Wang Wang's good show. I think Pedro Neto's overrated as well. People go bang on about Wang is getting Neto, the... Pedro Neto has five assists this season. One go. <sighs> all um, right, all right. Sorry, that was very matter of fact. I didn't mean yeah. for that to sound like that. Um, I think another good player so far this season has probably been. I think Hudson Adoy uh, Forrest is impressed. He had one good game. I think he's looked solid enough. To be fair, um, other than I'd that, be salty think... if he got good for them now. Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? Uh, William's been good for fun as well. I think there's three players for you then. William hudson Adoy and Gustavo Hamer. Um I was going to say an Everton player, but I think Everton are poor, man. To be honest, I think they're so bad. I was talking to a Corinthians fan recently, actually. Right, okay. I don't know what, what context this was in, but he was telling me that William went back to Brazil mm. and he was shy for them mm. for, what, 12 months. Mm. And then he came back to Fulham and he was great all of a mm. sudden. So, like, he just went to Corinthians, was shy. Mm. People thought his career was over and then went back to London again and he was great. I think he has a relationship with Marco Silva. Maybe, yeah. I think that's what In it what is. In what way? <laughs> 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 I, I don't know actually to be honest with you, answer your question like that, I don't know um, <laughs> I was going to try and link them there by some by some chance but uh, hold on I'm going to try and link oh, them oh Jesus Christ um, Marco the Silva level is <laughs> Marco Silva I was going to say he managed the team that 
Williams played for, but he literally has only managed Fulham. Uh, they might have the same agent or something, I don't know. Um, in what sense? Fucking hell. Kimo says, Man United have had their worst start in history. They are five points behind title contending Liverpool levels. We're eight games into the season, man. <laughs> we're literally, the season's barely started. Um, yeah, I suppose we're nine points off Spurs, we're title contenders. There you go. Yeah. Um, he says, these port the concept of Liverpool getting replay against Spurs. I don't. No. Well, I, I, I can't really comment. What's a, what's a fair solution, do you think, from that? Because it feels like it's, it's, what, nearly two weeks away now since it's happened. And nothing's happened. And I don't think anything will happen. Um, I think the the solution will be for Liverpool fans to suck it up and get on with it. No, I, I, genuinely, no. What's what's the solution? No, but I think that is the solution. So you think just forget about it? Yeah. No. So th- teams get that- impressed every single week, Adam, and you're no different. No, I, I, but not in the way Liverpool have. I don't think there'd have been such a big hullabaloo about it if if it was something like that. Do you know, like Cobbson should have been sent off the weekend. We know that. Lukaku was onside in the League Cup final. He, he was He was offside. He was offside. He was offside. He was offside. Right. He was offside. He was. Yeah. Um, but like Darren England, who was the VAR referee that day, he's not able to referee Liverpool games now. Why is he fit to referee other games but not Liverpool games? How is that a solution like? Do you know? I think that's an all. I think that I think that's a terrible indictment of what they're trying to kind of do there. But like even the, I was watching on Saturday, uh, the Burnley game, and there was a point where Caicedo kicked it out out of play, but he kicked it in such a fashion where it was into the crowd, and they gave simulation and they gave him a yellow card. But the ball was still in play. But because he kicked it into the crowd, it was a yellow card. Yeah. That sort of shit, like what? That, that's, the referees being ran ran into the ground. It's not just Liverpool. But, this well, has happened every I, single week. I don't think, man. I don't. I don't think it's a Liverpool thing. I think you're making it out to be a Liverpool thing. It's not. It, the referees poor. Referees shoddy. And what happened with Liverpool was just a case of, like, poor communication. Everything involved was poor. Yeah. And it was like a lack of. Um, Common sense didn't prevail. It was like, just give the goal. Like Mike Dean was saying, oh, it's not the loss to give the goal though after the ball's been put in play. But it's like, the ball was put out for a throw in. So why couldn't he have just gone, whoosh, whistled, went to the fucking screen and then gave well, the goal? You must remember, Adam, that Liverpool have one of their trophies due to a goal being wrongly given offside. Where? The Carabao Cup last year. Dave says our referee's favourite Man City red card against Kovacic question mark. Our Chelsea back. Um <laughs> Dave always puts in a Chelsea team question trying to get a reaction from Chelsea him. aren't back, I don't think. No, they're not. They're no. not back, alright. Um, Fuck off Dave. I think I tell you now, Karen, right? Um referee Michael Oliver who refereed in the United Arab Emirates a Saturday before, or sorry, a Thursday before the game against Spurs. I think he has nothing to do with Man City, and I think Kovacic should not have been sent off. Yes, the, the referees are a favourite Man City. They, they have been in the past few years. It's just the way it goes. Like. So that's why they won all their league titles? No, not necessarily. But you could look back on the season where 
Liverpool won the two cups and lost out by a point to Man City. You could look at the game against Everton where Rodri more or less picked the ball up and fucking should have given away a penalty and they didn't even give a card. They didn't even give a penalty for it. Um, but there was no outrage there because it favoured it was favoured against Liverpool. Mm. So this is why. Um, the same people who wanted a whole league season replayed when COVID happened because Liverpool won the league. Like, these are the people you're dealing with. Do you know what I mean? People would be like, oh, it's always Liverpool fans. It's not. It's, it's everyone else against Liverpool fans. The same people who wanted a fucking COVID season real though when Liverpool had the league won in January. Stuff like that. Like, people would be like, oh, why, why are they so argumentative? It's because everyone arguments against, argues with Liverpool fans. That's just the way it goes. That's how football is. Right. Do you know? So, yes, to answer Dave's question, I think Coventry should have been sent off. And as a result, I think Michael Oliver, who's being paid... By the United Arab Emirates, oh, the same people who own Manchester City, I think he's probably leaning, being leaning towards Man City. I think that's very evident to see. But that's tinfoil conspiracy. But in general, he's, he's quite consistent with his refereeing. He let he left let the game fly in general. Mm. My God, bro, I think he's one of the better refs in England. Do you think Coventry should have been sent off? Um, I think yes, he should have okay. for the first challenge. But he's right in in not giving him a second yellow for the. Uh, the one after because it was so close to the first challenge you know yeah I think that's that's bullshit mm. um, Dave says Ten Hag error coming to an end Casemiro the, the new scapegoat Question well we, we talked about this already um, I think Ten Hag's in real trouble still yeah yeah I mean um, I think Casemiro's still a very capable player but it's there's not a whole lot you can do if he's being run to the ground, you know. I just think the United squad is so poor for what they've invested in it, you know. Uh, their back four is horrendous. Mm. Uh, Dallow, I don't see how he still plays for Man United. He's just so poor. Uh, they have Wan Bissaka sitting on the bench who they spent sixty million on, mm. fifty million. He's another also player, very an- poor. Another player who they can't get rid of because. He just wants to. He's uncomfortable money at you know, so he just wants to leave. Yeah, I think they're the biggest wage players in the league. Mm. So, uh, yeah, don't see it getting better. Um, Gary Vav says, "What section are you in for the FAI Cup final?" Um, we actually are thinking of going, Gary. Are thinking, so, yeah. Um, hopefully in a box somewhere. Hopefully, uh, I'd rather be there than be with the Pats or Balls fans. To be fair, but whatever. Well, do you know what? I hope it's not a foggy shit day like it was last time for um Yeah, that was a grand day. Yeah. But the points are always lovely near around those series. They are. So we might be, we actually genuinely might be there. I know Gary's doing that tongue in cheek, but we actually might be there. Um he says, Any spare tickets for the Greeks game Friday? Yes, Gary, potentially. <laughs> I will let you know. Um To be continued. Gary says, Fuck Ticketmaster. He's on a bit of a rant here, Gary. Right, Gary. Um Top three players who didn't reach their full potential like you thought they would. Oh, baby. These are the questions I live for. Oh, he's he's trying to... Uh... <laughs> you know what he's doing there, Yeah, I know exactly what he's doing. <laughs> Curiosity Open Gasly. Um, give me three players. Um, John Joe Shelby is one of them. I thought he'd be very good starting off. Right, okay. Uh, and... Uh, he actually ended up having a decent career at Newcastle and uh, not at first, but mm. uh, 
not as much as uh, I would have thought. Mm. Um, and then I think actually, Jane, um, fucking what's his name? James McLean. He had a lot. He he was hyped up to bits with Ireland at mm. the start. Didn't end up being as good as he was. Mm. And uh, bloody Wes Houlihan as well. Same same scenario. Ah, Wes was great. But um, Wes just never got. Wes was never given a proper chance. Exactly. Unfortunately. Um, but yeah, as far as on the spot, I can't really think of many. I like that question though. You, you like it, yeah. Mm. I'm gonna say Jordan Ibe. Um, highly touted when he when he first broke through Liverpool. Um, Naby Keita again another player when he came to Liverpool was again highly touted. He spent most of his time out injured. Um, was supposed to be the Gerrard replacement and obviously wasn't. Um, who else? Who else? Um, Tielemans. I think Tielemans is a good player though. Sancho and and the Doy. Sancho is a good one. Hudson the Doy. Hudson the Doy. Oi oi oi. Oi 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 oi. Oi oi oi. He's Hudson the Doy. I'm trying to think of like forgotten yeah. three players. Me too, I suppose. He had a very good season and then just dribbled out. Me too is another one, maybe. Um, Walcott. Yeah, but he had a great start. Um, he did, man, but he's another player, a bit like Hazard and Rooney, where he's playing a lot of like senior football at a young age. Yeah. And he was kicked around the leagues for, for years. like Evan Ferguson. Do you know, ah, Ferguson's still a young man. We relax with it. <laughs> Gary says... Happy budget day to those who celebrate. Kieran, yeah, celebrate uh, some some uh, tax improvements, some tax band uh, mm. increases to forty two thousand from forty thousand. So I'd be earning an extra one fifty a week, and I'm not talking euros. I'm talking cents. <laughs> uh, thanks to the government again for being so fucking useless. Uh, Gary says opinions <laughs> on the Beckham documentary series. Um, I'm, spice. I'm two episodes in at the minute, and yeah, it's very enjoyable. Uh, I think it's. I think he's a flash gay. Okay. Um, I, I, he's been fairly friendly on the camera, but uh, he I, dealt with a lot, man, though, didn't he? He did, but he brought on himself. Mm. Uh, and also, he's a complete hypocrite as well because terribly he's like, oh, um, I couldn't do anything but play football every day. I loved playing football. Mm. Then as soon as he gets into football, he's like, oh, uh, let's sign all these brand deals and let's become a brand ambassador. Like what a hypocrite! Like he's he just contradicts himself. The part the part that broke me up was when his mum was on the the screen and she was like, um, "For the nineteen ninety eight World Cup, David he looked up to Glenn Hoddle, and then Glenn Hoddle just fucking hated Beckham. Like he lambasted Beckham. He despised. I haven't, him. I haven't gotten that far. I'm only one episode in. Right. Okay. So essentially, the nineteen ninety eight World Cup, Beckham gets sent off against Argentina and. The English fans, the English media, turned against him because they blame him for getting sent off, even though England lost on penalties. Like they literally lost the game penalty. The, yeah. the game they could have still won the game. Um, Diego Simeone, Simeone is in the in a good bit as well. It's actually quite funny. He's in the documentary. It's really man. Funny. There's loads of people in. I was very surprised at how many got they got. For him. And uh, but yeah, so I felt really bad for him. It, it is a very good documentary. I'm not finished it yet, so. Um, I will be finishing it hopefully soon this weekend maybe um, last question thankfully Gary says rank the members of the Spice Girls 
can you list them out to me? They're like the seven dwarfs, aren't they? Uh, <laughs> well, they are. They're not really, though, to be fair. There's posh boys. There's sporty boys. There is... Hold on, I think it's... Hold on, i get for you now. Spice Girls, members... Oh, hold on, I'm checking this on Google. Um, there's Melanie C, who's Sporty Spice. Emma Bunton, who's Baby Spice. Mel B, who's Scary Spice. Uh, Victoria Beckham, who's Posh Spice. And Jerry Halliwell, who's Ginger Spice. Well, um, I'm going to go Ginger Spice, Scary Spice, Baby Spice... Posh Spice and Sporty Spice is my ranking. Is that reverse order or is it? As in Ginger Spice is number one, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to agree because I don't know anyone. Well, Victoria Beckham is Posh Spice. Where do you rank her in the top five? I don't really like Posh Spice girls. Well, okay. I, I, I think she's she's down the bottom for me. Um, Have we got a, a favourite Posh, or sorry, Posh Spice? Have we got a favourite Spice Girl song girl? I don't, I don't know what they say. Ah, you do know what Is they say. Tell me what I want. What I yeah, 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 yeah. It's McGowan's special. Well, that's, that's, that's that's my one. Um, they also sing. Um, oh, what's the song called? Two becomes one is a very good song. Um, I think they're an over overrated group of chancers. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we'll leave it. That's <laughs> we leave their song. Point of bollocks as always. <laughs> Right, we'll leave it there, so. Thanks as ever for joining us. We'll leave it there, so. Fucking <laughs> <Okay, now. laughs> hell. It's an overhyped group of chances. <laughs>